Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Three Podcast is here. We thank you for joining us again here on another great episode of the Triple Threat Podcast. I am DJ Shockley along with my co-host, my dude, my guy, Scotty D is here. And we got a lot going on, man. Scotty D, say what up to the people. How you doing, bro? What's up? Happy March, March Madness to everyone. Man, no doubt, no doubt. Speaking of March Madness, we have a great, I mean, great guy mm. coming on today uh, to mm. talk March Madness, talk basketball. My man, Deshaun Tate, was uh, he came on a little bit early in the year and we had him on the show. Now he's coming back to talk March Madness. He gives upsets. He's going to give us who he thinks going to be in the Final Four. He's going to give us who are those teams that are at the bottom that's really going to be uh, doing good. He has a really interesting take on Virginia that I think a lot of people are going to want to listen to, uh, especially when you start filling out these brackets. But you're right, Scott, mm-hmm. March Madness is here. Uh, obviously, that is one of the big storylines we will discuss today. Uh, other things we'll talk about is obviously the free agency period here in the National Football League is underway. Drew Brees retires. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the other guys who have signed around the league and some of the big money that's being uh, poured out. We're going to talk a little bit about golf and what happened last weekend. Of course, we got to bring that nah, back up. I mean, nah. it's something we have to talk about. Uh, and obviously, LeBron is in the news again for something he is doing and how he is changing the world, not just on the court, but off the court. And last but not least, Deshaun Watson uh, has a little case on his hands that he is vehemently fighting right now. We'll discuss that, too, in, in a little bit. But to start the show off, Scotty D, we yep. must start at a very, very great place for myself. Oh. Last weekend, my man Justin Thomas who I picked as my first overall pick in our players' championship draft. And you had a chance to go first. You didn't take him. I took him. And congrats to Justin Thomas on winning the players' championship and giving me all the praise and all the pat on the backs and how great I am at picking these guys for this week. And I get to rub it in so bad on Scotty D. Scotty, how did some of your players do, by the way? Uh, three of my four didn't make the cut, DJ. Mm, sorry to so, hear that, bro. Sorry to I'm hear gl- that. I, I'm, I'm glad you could have the play, the bragging rights. We'll 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 get back to this in a couple of weeks when the Masters come, and I'm gonna take my I'm gonna take my throne back. Better give you um, another chance, yeah, because right now you are in the dumps right now. I tell you what, though, man, I was, <laughs> I was, I didn't watch a lot of the last round because I had kids' sports going on, but I watched the I watched uh, Justin Thomas's last four or five holes. Dude was going at it, man. He Dude was, was not on, playing conservative. No doubt. That that uh, that well, the 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 shot on seventeen would may have been a little conservative, but he had a great two putt. The the drive on eighteen, dude. How close was that to the water? Ooh. Oh my gosh, so close that's to the water. Scary, right there. That's a scary fairway, man. That thing and just that goes thing, right that to thing the was, water. That thing was just cutting back towards the water, yeah. <laughs> and then he got the good bounce. And you can even see if you're watching it on TV, you could have seen you know him having a big sigh of relief, like whoo. Yeah, that was close, yeah. but um, I appreciate that, Scotty D. Thanks for uh, giving me my uh, trophy and my congratulatory. I mean, do I, I mean, do I get anything? I picked the entire winner, bro. I mean, I should get something for that. I picked the whole winner of the tournament. You get a bucket of pride, man. Weak sauce. What do you want from me? I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna have to figure it out, but I deserve something for not just picking a guy who's in the top ten or top fifteen. I'll give you. I'll give you Dude tomorrow won. off. I'll give you Dude tomorrow one. off. Yeah, okay. All right. All right, man. Congrats, Justin Thomas, old Alabama guy himself. Uh, roll tie for those guys who are Alabama fans. Uh, nice job by Justin Thomas. Winning mm-hmm. the Players' Championship was pretty cool. And watching him uh, put his display uh, on one of the toughest courses out there. And he excelled. And now he has a Players' Championship to his resume. Jumping over to some of the other big news around the National Football League. Drew Brees finally retires. Uh, He does it in only a Drew Brees manner. He has his kids kind of tell you exactly what happened on the Instagram post. Uh, Big shots out to Drew Brees on retiring at 15 years with the Saints. Um, I went back and looked up some of his numbers, Scotty D. Just just take some of these in, man, all right? All right. And I'm going to give you the rank of some of these. Pass yards, 80,358 ranked first. Completions, 
7,142 ranked first. Uh-huh. Completion percentage, 67.7 over his career, which is ranked first. And last, 571 passing touchdowns in his career, which is second only because mm-hmm. that one dude is still playing right now yeah. and getting Super Bowls and Tom Brady. But this dude had seven seasons of 5,000-plus yards, the only player to do that. Led the NFL in pass yards seven times. Think about how many great QBs have been around, how many great arms, how many good receivers. This dude has led the NFL in passing yards seven times. He has the most career games with 300-plus passing yards at 123. And he had a a streak going of 54 consecutive games with a pass touchdown. Oh, man, you're talking about doing great things. Him and Sean Payton are second on Mm all-time list and coach and player uh, wins uh, with 144. You know who's number one? Belichick and Brady. Yes, with yeah. 249. That's it's ridiculous. Uh, Drew Brees has thrown 73. He's thrown touchdown passes to 73 different receivers in his wow. career, and wow. he has been runner up. Listen, to this I didn't know this. He had been runner up in the MVP voting four times and never won. Four he times. Never, he I, never won one. Never won one. Oh, Was man, runner up four me. times and never won one. But he does have a Super Bowl uh, under his belt. So big, big shout out to Drew Brees, man, retiring. Obviously, I got a chance to watch Drew Brees up close and personal when I played for the Falcons. Obviously, still covering the Falcons. You still see him. has been a thorn in mm-hmm. the Falcons' side for many years and has hurt oh, uh, this Falcons organization with his play over the years. So shout out to Drew Brees, man, yeah. Uh, yeah. for being the ultimate competitor. And we'll now go on to NBC and – take his reins in the booth or studio, whatever he wants to do. Uh, we'll continue to have a, a great legacy after the game for sure. Uh, any memories or thoughts you have on Drew Brees and his retirement and things he's done? No, I just, I mean, I've got a ton of bad memories of him um, as a Falcons fan, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, he, he, I don't, there's not many people that handled everything, um, handled his entire career with the class and, uh, that he did, and I have so much respect for him. I hate the Saints, but him playing for the Saints for all these years made it harder for me to hate the Saints. No doubt, got to so, respect him. So um, he he he's he 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 may not have an MVP, which I didn't realize, but he's gonna have a gold. He's gonna have a yellow jacket. So Oof. that's for sure. Five years, quick, fast, in a hurry. They probably can't wait to get him uh, into mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame, which we know will be a first ballot similar sure. to. Uh, how paid Manning winning this yeah. year. So, hey, uh, no doubt, first battle Hall of Fame. Shout out Drew Brees, man. Congrats on a, a great career. All right, NFL free agency. A lot has happened <clears throat> over mm-hmm. this past week with free agency, guys going different places. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of guys who are still out there. But I think right now the team that made the most noise that everybody's been talking about since the start of free agency is the man I call Dollar Dollar Bill, y'all. And that man Bill Belichick just giving out money all over the place. Uh, they have, to this point, they have given out $137 million in guaranteed money, which is mm. unbelievable. On offense, they went out and got Janu Smith, who was a tight end and the, with the Titans, another mm-hmm. tight end, and Hunter Henry. We know how good he is. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, uh, receivers on the defensive side of the ball, Matthew Judon, mm-hmm. Davin Gocek, a defensive tackle, Henry Anderson, Dietrich Wise Jr., signed safety Jalen Mills. And not to mention now, they signed all these guys on the offensive side, and they signed Cam back. We know that. Sam Mm -hmm. Cam signed back for another year, a chance to make, you know, close to $10 million, but only one-year deal. They're bringing in all these tight ends. They're bringing in all these, you know, upgraded receiver they think it may be for maybe it was a Cam or Scotty D. Do you think they're setting it up to go get a quarterback? Well, I I, I like – Nelson Aguilar was uh, had a pretty solid year for the Raiders this year. Uh, he was pretty yep. pretty reliable for him. I don't know, but he's not a underneath kind of guy for the most part. So yep. I question well, whether Cam. Well, that's why I, I think I think that's why you want to get the tight ends. You need somebody yeah, over the ball are, in the middle. Yeah, I don't I don't know who all who all were free agent tight ends, but I know those are two of the best that were free yeah. agents. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I just the Nelson Aguilar signing doesn't really resonate with me just because I don't think Cam can get him the ball deep. 
Um, <laughs> well, I mean, but, I mean, you bring up a good point because last year Cam struggled throwing the rock. I mean, you, you can't sugarcoat it. He didn't have his best season, and I think that's why we seen when he signed back. He said, "Hey, I slipped in 2020, but I ain't gonna let y'all sleep on me in 2021." So we'll see if Cam with a new off season or the whole. Uh, training camp or the whole offseason to get going, OTAs, mini camp, spring, all that kind of stuff. But that helps him become a better player in this system. Only time will tell. I think they're still going to be in the market for a quarterback. I think they they go in the draft. Yeah. They try to go find one, whether they move up. But I think they are making the moves to get a guy, especially when you don't sign Cam to that one-year uh, deal. So the Pats have made a bunch of moves in free agency going forward so far and have been a big part of what free agency is about. And I think they spent the most money they spent in the last two years yeah. in this particular early free agency part of it. So Bill Belichick making moves. He refuses to watch Tom Brady go out and try to win another one in his own right. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think that it's pretty consensus. I think there's going to be four quarterbacks in the first round. So you got the next level after that. If they don't, if they aren't able, cause I think they'll all go. Oh, It's going to be five in the first round. You think, Trask is going to go in the first round? No, 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 no. You got you got Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Fields. Justin Fields, uh-huh. Trey Lance, and oh, yeah, Mac yeah. Jones. You're right. I just miss I just miscounted. You're right. Yeah, yeah. All those dudes uh, are going. I'm, I, I don't think, know. Who, I think gonna be in top ten. I don't know who I miss, but I, I I miss one of them. But um, yeah. So yeah, maybe a Trask in the second round for them. Maybe something like that. Yeah, a Trask. Yeah, that that yeah. level. I don't necessarily mean him, but. Trash could absolutely be uh, that other guy. Uh, other news around this NFL free agency, you got a bunch of moves. Uh, <clears throat> the Bucks have been very busy. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bucks went out and obviously put the uh, franchise tag on, on Chris Godwin, but then you also signed two defensive players who are a big part of what you want to do on Levante David, the linebacker, mm-hmm. and also Shaq Barrett coming off the edge is a big signing. They also signed Gronk back Gronk, again yeah. for another year. Uh, Shaq Barrett getting a four-year, $72 million deal. Um, and, Scotty D, you talked about uh, before we came on that Shaq Barrett obviously said, you know, he wasn't going to give the home team discount. He was going to try to break the bank. Uh, right. Do you think he broke the bank? I, I don't think he broke the bank. And I'm, I stole this from, from the show uh, Speak for Yourself on Fox Sports 1, all right, FS1. That is uh, Demarcus Wiley. De- uh, yeah, um, and uh, Emmanuel Acho. Mm-hmm. Marcellus, well, yeah, Marcellus. Marcellus, yeah. I'm sorry. I knew I said it wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you'll see why in a second. Yeah. So two years ago, Demarcus Lawrence for the Cowboys. Right. For the pre- previous two years, he, he had 25 sacks in two years. Right. Similar Shaq, to Barrett, Shaq Barrett has 27. Yeah. Demarcus Lawrence signed a five-year contract worth 105 million with 65 guaranteed. So, mm. an extra year at a very similar yearly, but he got as much guaranteed as Shaq Barrett's contract is. And so, do you think that's you think that's like salary cap COVID uh, related? Because you know uh, this, they don't expect the salary caps to go up this year. Yeah, I think it's part of it, and I think. Even though Shaq Barrett said he wanted to break the bank, he wasn't going to take a hometown discount, this is a guy who was looking for a big payday. And yeah. in his own right, the last two years, he has made his payday, and this is the reason why you know he's going to make upwards of $70 million. And I think for him, for four years, that's a really good deal. He's got a chance to go back if he continues to play at this level. But mm-hmm. I think salary cap is a part of it, but also he's looking at the, the bigger dynamics of it. I mean, when you go to the playoffs, you're going to make another two, $300,000, and you got a chance to get another Super Bowl and supplant, and supplant your legacy as far as mm-hmm. winning Super Bowls. He's going to be on a really good ball club again, and I think he probably could have got five, six, seven more million dollars maybe somewhere else, but he looks at where he's at. Uh, he lives in, in freaking Florida where yeah. no state tax, so nope. guess what? Yep. He's going to get a lot more of that money <laughs> than uh, a lot of other guys who are probably similar situations, so uh, I think it's a good deal for him, man. He looked like he was happy. Uh, he signed it and, and good to go. So uh, a lot of things to be happy for if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Yeah. Jameis Winston is back on a one-year deal with New Orleans, uh, worth up to $12 million. And Sean Payton says him and uh, the other guys going to make sure they they absolutely are part of that uh, QB battle. Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston yeah. will definitely go through the QB battle when they get back to camp. 
other moves, the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan restructured his deal to help the team get under the cap. Um, I saw this, and when I saw this, I immediately thought, well, all those people who thought the Falcons were going to draft a quarterback at number four are sadly mistaken because that's yeah. not going to happen because he is going to be on the team through 2023. He was due $23 million, $21 million of it uh, went into guaranteed bonuses. Uh, the map, you know, it moves guarantees all around for the future for Matt Ryan and almost deads to draft at four, like I mentioned. So yeah. uh, a lot of things that go from there to cap. Um his cap hit is now 26 million, 26.9, and it was 40.9. Uh, your thoughts on what they did with Matt? Did you expect it to happen? Are you happy that he's going to be around two, three more years? Uh, uh, what's your initial thoughts when you saw that? I'm trying to be try to be a pragmatic person and take my emotions out of it, like you like to say. You know, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, you were pretty sure you 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 didn't think they were going to go quarterback, and I didn't necessarily believe that, but I think it's obvious now. Yeah, I, I just feel like this is getting new credit cards to pay, make payments on old credit cards. <laughs> no, I, I just I like I hate it. I just I don't like think that. it's a, I don't think it's a good business decision. I, I, I certainly don't have anything against Matt, uh, Matt Ryan. And I think he's still I think he's certainly still useful and able. Um, I just I don't think this is setting us up good for the future, setting them up good for the future, to be honest with you. See, I think. The but I don't know if they had a choice either. Yeah, I think the thought. I don't think they had a lot of uh, choice in it either way, because whether they cut him, trade him, whatever it was, they still were gonna have a forty million dollar cap hit with Matt Ryan. So mm-hmm. uh, this is one of those things where you know, how do you feel about this guy who's played thirteen years? You feel you can win one? We still got a chance to win a Super Bowl and and win a bunch of games. That's what this is about. Uh, yeah. I think that's how they feel. And obviously, they got a bunch of guys who are still they feel in their prime. So if you got a guy around, we'll see how it all pans out. And Scotty D, I see you shaking your head, but we'll see in the next year or two uh, how this actually played out for the Atlanta Falcons. And yeah. we can, you know, revisit it in and see if it was sure. a good move or a bad move, you know. Yeah. Uh, other, move, other moves, Aaron Jones signs a four-year, $48 <clears throat> million dollar deal to get back with the Packers. Levante David, we talked about two years, 25 mil. Uh, also, Trent Williams, six yeah. years, $138 million, becomes the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history. So shout out to him for getting that big boy money. Tyra yeah. Taylor signs a one-year deal with the Texans. Now, this is interesting. Yes. Tyra Taylor goes to Houston. A lot of the conversation now is we didn't just get Tyra Taylor to become a guy who is a just-in-case Deshaun Watson out there. They're already planning for the future if he isn't there. That Tyrod Taylor can step right into that organization and be the guy. What do you think this says to Deshaun Watson? Does it deter him in uh, any way that, hey, you guys think you're moving on? Or what do you think about the Tyrod Taylor sign of Houston? First of all, it is totally a just-in-case move. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's totally what it was. No doubt. Uh, and, and if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm thinking, hey, this is working. Cause they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be, they're going to be open to moving me now. They're going to be, no you know, they, now, you know, they still got to find the right deal. Somebody's gonna have to come with something, but um, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's just a train wreck in Houston still, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I know Tyrod Taylor probably didn't have his choice of where he wanted to go, you know, of, yeah. of any team, but um, I, I, and I'm kind of happy for him get, you know, get another chance because he was obviously done in San Diego. No doubt. But, uh, no doubt. We'll see it what happens, man. Unfortunate for him, man. Other quarterback news: The Bears signed Andy Dalton, one-year, ten million dollar deal, chance or three million incentives. Um, and but and I bring up the Bears and Andy Dalton for the fact of the Bears tried really hard to get Russell Wilson. I mean, really, excuse me, really hard to get Russell Wilson. Here's how hard the Bears tried to get Russell Wilson: They asked for three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and two starters for Russell Wilson. This is how bad that Seattle and the Bears were going back and forth. And ultimately, uh, the Seattle Seahawks would not pull the trigger. So there was a what they call aggressive pursuit after Russell yeah. Wilson to the Bears. And all those teams that Russell Wilson said, I want to be a part of, are all falling by the wayside. Dallas, the Bears. I mean, all these teams are falling by New Orleans now with Jameis signing another year. So all these teams that were on his list, 
are quickly falling by the wayside. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders leaves New Orleans, heads to Buffalo. He's going to join Stephon Diggs and Josh mm-hmm. Allen on that offense. Carl Lawson heads to the Jets on a big deal. Uh, Corey Davis says there as well. Uh, Leonard Floyd, former Georgia boy, signs a big deal with the Rams. And Bud Dupree, who had a really good year for the Pittsburgh Steelers before he tore his ACL, is going to Titans, is going to get 16 mil per year. And the last QB I want to bring up that has a new home is everybody loves him. Everybody loves the beard. Fitz Magic. Oh, yeah. Is headed to the Washington football team, finds himself on a one-year $10 million deal, and finds a job again. Uh, Fist Magic continues to just rake it in. And he needs <laughs> four or five games every year, and he's going to keep continuing to play. So, hey, man, shout out to Fitz, man. I can't be mad at him. He continues to collect uh, around here and continues to get that big bread. Uh, you, how long do you think Fitz Magic plays, bro? I don't you know, know, man. He's like – he's like uh, <laughs> He's like that dude with that fell asleep beside the tree. I don't know that old story, but uh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, dude, I think that that's a decent team. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be. I, it's gonna be. I, I mean, their defense gonna, gonna be legit. I think their defense is solid. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I, I, I preach it. Fitzpatrick is reliable, man. Yeah, he does. No he, he does what you know. He puts the ball on the receivers. He does it. He's taking he's got, care of the ball the last two yeah. years, man. So it's gonna be uh, gonna be something to look out to, man. Last thing, uh, football related. Uh, just came out this week, Deshaun Watson. Uh, there was a lawsuit filed against him. Uh, Houston attorney Tony Busby has a lawsuit out against Deshaun Watson uh, from getting a massage. And the masseuse says Watson was a little – he went a little too far in his massage. Now, Watson says he's looking forward to clearing his name. He said these are baseless six-figure settlement demand that they put mm. out tells you that this is complete BS – uh, but we'll see how all that plays out. Hopefully uh, nothing comes from that. Wishing the best for Deshaun. Yeah. I think we all know and I've seen Deshaun Watson and hoping this blows over and uh, this is nothing but a baseless claim uh, here. But, you know, it all has to play out and we'll see what happens. But uh, wishing Deshaun Watson all the best and hopefully this is something that does not tarnish him at all going forward. It's not something looking forward to. All right, last thing before we get to my man Deshaun Tate. Uh, we go from one basketball story leading into the final, uh, not final four, which is on the way, but March Madness mm-hmm. is LeBron. LeBron continues yeah. his dominance off the court. So earlier this week, LeBron is joining Fenway Sports Group as a partner. Now this gives him ownership stake in the Boston Red Sox, Liverpool, Ross Fenway Racing, and Regional Sports Network, NESN, and this guy already owns 2% of Liverpool, but now he has thrown his hat into ownership, and it just continues to show what LeBron is doing, not just on the court, but off the court with his brand. Uh, him and his partner, Maverick Carter, will be the first black man to be part of the ownership group in the history of the franchise. Shout out to LeBron, bro. Yeah. I, it's really cool to see guys doing this, former players, especially guys that that – that look like their players look for a change, right? Um, you got you got Mahomes buying part of the Royals. You got you got uh, A Rod. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Jeter uh, buying part of the Marlins. You know, yeah. it's it, yeah. so it's it's good. It, it's it's yeah. it's hard to do. It's hard to get a majority because as as much money as these athletes make, it still ain't buy a whole franchise money. You know, so nah. he's probably he's got a pro, his partner must be you know doing well also i mean obviously sure. not yeah, many people as rich as lebron that's, that's yeah. his duty been with since he's been a little kid man it brings me to the question i have before we get to my man deshaun tate i'm asking scotty d if you could have stake in okay. one major company what would you put your money into you had money to put it in one major company uh while while you think on it i'll give you two that i thought about uh one is but, amazon but, yeah. obviously amazon is a killer right now Amazon is crushing it and then also I looked up this other one it's called Saudi Aramco it's uh <laughs> Arabian Saudi Arabian petroleum and natural gas company it was the most profitable company in the world in 2019 at 88.2 billion dollars so let yeah. me get a little stake in the Saudi mm. Arabian petroleum and natural I mean come on well, yeah, my first thing that popped in my head was Amazon as well but I was going to ask a qualifying question okay Does, do is it that or is it who do you want to buy right now or who do I wish I had bought 
20 years ago nah. or Apple 40 years nah, ago. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody wish they could have got in on that Apple and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But right now, and there was a company that's existing that's doing well and you had a chance to get you a, yeah. a little piece of the pie, which company would it be? Yeah, I think it would be Bitcoin, which isn't a company, but it's it's like 50, 56 yeah. or sixty thousand dollars a share. Yeah, I remember. That's, that's pretty big. That's pretty good. I read some other day. I can't remember who it was. It was a guy in the NFL who got a like a thirteen million dollar deal. He put half of his money in Bitcoin, and now it's grown to like twenty one million dollars right now, which is crazy. I thought, man, that dude was smart. So whoever he had in this corner. Knew exactly what he was talking I about. Still, so his, his I still money don't understand. I still don't understand what it is, DJ. I don't either. It I is, don't either. Is it? Can you reach out and grab it? I mean, it, it, that's I don't what I'm understand. saying. It's I don't money feel like from, I can. I don't feel like it, I can go get it if I need it. It's money for nothing. You know, it's money from nothing. I don't. I don't. I don't understand it. But I'm starting to yeah. look into it. It's yeah. We got to get somebody to explain that because. Money from nothing, that don't sound good to me. Like, I put <laughs> my money in something that's growing, but I can't get it. That don't sound cool <laughs> to me, but hey, man. Hey, a lot going on. Uh, NFL free agency, a lot of stuff going on still around the league. March Madness is here. My man Deshaun Tate is mm. here. He's joining us in a couple minutes, and he's going to break it all down for us here on the Triple Third Podcast. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Deshaun Tate is going to break down all we need to know, and he's going to help you with your brackets. So get your brackets ready, pull them out, and he's going to talk some knowledge for you right here on the Triple Threat Podcast. Deshaun Tate coming up next. Welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast. And I told you about it earlier. We got my homeboy, my dude, my guy, uh, my man Deshaun Tate joining the show again, making his second appearance here on the Triple Threat Podcast. And it's because the people loved him, man. I told him before he came on, he's getting major compliments from a bunch of our viewers, loving his take on it. But uh, Tate's Take Hoops is on the show. Hey, what up, D? How you doing, bro? Man, it's a uh, it's a busy time. I was going to say, you asked me how I'm doing, man. I thought that that was a trick question or something. Man. <laughs> I'm all over the place, bro. It's, it's, it's bananas. You can imagine, man. March Madness, bro. You get 68 teams. Man. And look, one of the things I love the most, man, is uh, on Selection Sunday, you know, we just watch these teams get picked, man. Like, this is the closest that a lot of these guys are even going to get close to experiencing their names being called in a draft-type setting. Mm. Uh, so that within itself, man, I just think is, is beautiful. You got yeah. your 5 versus 12 upset cool. matchups per, uh, most, for the most part. I mean, buzzer beaters, upsets, the whole nine. I know you're a football dude, but nothing beats this right here. This is the no, most not. unpredictable three weeks in all of sports Nothing beats it, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm in my element, man. I'm ear to ear. I told somebody, it's like I got uh, an imaginary steak uh, in front of me with an imaginary napkin around my neck. I got my fork in one hand, uh, my knife in the other hand. I'm ready to dig in. Hey, Appreciate bro, how many, will you watch every single game or you try to watch every game or you all every in? Every game. Every game, every you game. all in. Locked in. Every game. Every see, game. See, that's what I'm talking about because I'm going to need, <laughs> it's going to be guaranteed a couple upsets in this uh, March Madness, I'm going to need which ones you think will be the upsets, but we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Before we get into all the March Madness, which I know everybody want to, you know, hear you, you talk about, uh, obviously we're all here in the ATL, we're hometown uh, dudes, we follow the Hawks, uh, obviously Lloyd Pierce is out as the head coach, uh, Coach McMillan's now the guy, they're on a six-game win streak going right now. What do you think of the new look Hawks? Is this something that has changed? Have they, you know, started playing a little bit differently? Or is it, hey, they just haven't played really good opponents, so that's why they're winning ball games? Yeah, I want to say this first before we dive into it. Uh, I definitely want to give some credit to, uh, to, to Lloyd Pierce because I've been here in Atlanta probably about close to 16 years now. I haven't seen a coach come in here and do what he has done from a, a community standpoint. Right. And things like that, just everything that he meant to the organization and just to this city in general. And it Amen. even makes a little bit difference, you know, being somebody that uh, kind of looks like me, uh, I guess you ah, could say. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to yeah. give him a little bit of credit, uh, certainly for that, because I think it's well deserved. Now, as far as what the team has been doing, 
Um, listen, a six-game winning streak, I don't I don't think it's really based on, well, look who they've played. They're playing NBA teams, for crying out loud, at the end of the day. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. The, the, the reality of it is that they're playing much better basketball. And I, I'm, I, I don't think it's fair for us to just sit back and say, oh, well, that was because of Lloyd Pierce for why they're playing much better now. I, I don't think that that's it. Uh, but you know what? The second half of the season, if you look at the second half of every season over the course of the last two, three years – Trey Young, when it, people was questioning his play in the first half of the season when he was a rookie, guess what? Came out, played better in the second half. Cam Reddish, same thing last year. The team, same thing last year. They always seem to put it together a lot more and better on the second half of the year. Uh, and they got expectations. I always tell people, especially the fan base, keep your expectations low because it's much more difficult to disappoint that way. Uh, but there's no <laughs> doubt that the team knows what they need to do, they need to go to the playoffs, and I think that they're in line to do just that. So credit the Hawks for uh, trying to uh, trying to meet and exceed those expectations. I think a big thing for me is that they've actually finished games like they weren't. They were losing games to these teams that, that everybody's saying, well, they should be beating these teams. They were losing these games earlier in the year. And to me, it's a big deal that they finish these games. They have, they've, uh, they've dominated some of these fourth quarters. Uh, they've 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 slipped a little bit in some of the fourth quarters, but they've held on. You know that they've held on for a couple of games. So I think it's a I, I think it's 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 a combination of all those things. I think they've played weaker teams, but they've also been playing more patient. Is the word I keep hearing when I'm listening to the games. Um, but they got a big they got another home game against Oklahoma City, which is a, definitely a beatable team. And then they got a uh, a road trip, right? A big eight game West Coast, Coast road trip coming up. Yeah, and that's going to be mm-hmm. tough. But you know what? See if you can go three and five. You know, I mean, do do that and then win the games you're supposed to win. And that's how I think this team can get to the fourth seed. Deshaun, what do you think about I want, that? I want, no, I, I'm glad that you said that because that's exactly where I was going with it next. You're probably living in my head rent-free, and I don't know that that's always ah, a great thing. Pay some rent, Scotty D. I don't, I don't know that that's always PG-13 either. But let me say this much. I will say that my outlook on the on the Hawks has been Three things: beat the teams that you're, beat the teams that 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 you're better than, beat the teams you're supposed to beat, beat the teams that are of of equal quality of of a team as you are, and at least bare minimum, uh, compete against the teams that are just better than you. I mean, the the, the reality is that you got to steal some of those too. I'm okay with a team being better than you on paper, whether talent or whatever the case may be. We all understand that. We all overstand that. Uh, But I think the biggest difference maker between that is when it comes to competing, you definitely have to put yourself in a position to where you're saying, hey, you know what? We're going out there. We're going to keep this thing close. Give ourselves a fighting chance, if not nothing else. Those are just a couple of things I think you really have to do if you're the Atlanta Hawks. you got to put yourself in that position to where you can at least try to win that game. All right, D, let's talk March Madness. We got the Hawks out yes. of the way. We, we, we know the Hawks is uh, trying to get into the playoffs, but this is what matters right now, March Madness basketball. This is when, I ain't going to lie, this is when I really lock in because I like to see when it really matters. It's like when the NBA season get the playoffs, that's when I really want to watch it. Uh, I know that ain't good, but that's when I'm intrigued by it. So let's talk March Madness, man. First off, I had a couple questions I wanted to ask you. One was, what was the protocol like for these teams going into – uh, this bubble. And then secondly, I heard all the stuff about a team could be replaced. Duke was one of those teams that's right on the outside of a team that's COVID or whatever it may be. What is that situation like? So first off, what was the protocol like for these teams going in? And then what happens if a team touches positive? Is another team able to come in and, you know, hey, say we're in the tournament now? Yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, the, the the protocol and the way that that works. So a couple of days ago, a team had uh, seven days leading up to uh, going to Indianapolis or arriving in Indianapolis before their game was played in order to uh, participate. Now, right. in the event that someone tested positive or whatnot, they had that seven days to clear that. Um, and in the event that they didn't is when they would be, uh, that they could be replaced or leave some of those players, even in that sense, at home which is something that I think is realistic, something that we definitely could see. Now, when you get to Indianapolis and those games do do get started, there's nobody that can come in and replace you at that point. The Uh NCAA is saying, listen, you have, if you have a bare minimum 
of just five players that you can roll out there, we will allow you to play. If oh. you don't have at least five, then that's when you're going to forfeit. Again, no other team can come in and replace you, but that's when you have to forfeit and the team who you would have been playing automatically advances on to the next round. So like it, oh, love it, hate it, anything okay. in between. I know, I know it stinks, man, but it's the only man. way. Listen, NCAA is going to be trying to play this thing. It's all about the paper. You know that this thing is going to be played and somebody will be standing on the, the, those that ladder and uh, with the scissors in their hands ready to cut down some nets. Crazy. Well, that it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting situation to pull off, but I think across the board, all sports across this country have done a pretty good job with managing this stuff. I mean, there's obviously been games delayed. There's been players out, um, but I think they've done as good as they possibly can do. I mean, I don't know what the, what the other options are. So hopefully they can keep themselves quarantined um, and, and, and make this happen, you know, and as, as many of these teams play as many of these games as possible. Um, I was going to say something too, real quick that, you know, it, it stinks for some of these teams. I mean, you think about it, a team like Virginia, who's not going to even get onto to Indianapolis yeah. until Friday. They don't even have a chance to even be together, create any kind of camaraderie or anything. They don't get a chance to practice. They're not going to get a chance to play. They don't have a chance until Friday. They won't arrive until Friday, get right. a chance to practice until Friday and prepare for a game over the weekend. And um, I'll let you know where they stand in, in, in my bracket a little bit. Well, see, that's that's I'm glad you brought them up because I was curious about what – that this was their choice they chose not to go, right? Um, I'm, I, I, I definitely want to give you an answer that I'm not 110% sure of, so I can't say. But I will say as much to say that if it's best for them to just kind of stay back and make sure that everybody is healthy before they get a chance to get all the way there and then find out on the back end, then it's probably best to go about it that way. But I, I hate that uh, I can't really answer that. All right, I see, I see. So let, right, me, let, me, let me get to my first question about this. Deshaun, can anybody beat Gonzaga? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the crazy part about where Gonzaga is right now, let me say this first. This is crazy enough as it is. I don't know really, really where you put this with your bracket, but the last time that Duke and Kentucky was left out of the NCAA tournament in the same season uh, in 1976, an Indiana Hoosiers team went on to win the national championship unbeaten without a loss on their record. Obviously this year you don't have Duke and Kentucky and Gonzaga's unbeaten. So I don't know, do what that with that, what you will. (laughs) Um, And it's ironic enough that the other top three seeds in their region, number two seeded uh, Iowa, number three seeded Kansas and number four seeded Virginia. uh, Gonzaga played all three of those teams earlier this year and beat them like a Bob Ross paintbrush. It was absolutely, it was, it was crazy. So uh, in their region, I don't think that that is going to happen. Honestly, I think that they will be a team that's going to go to the final four, but if somebody beats them, this is what you have to do. I mean, first of all, you've got to obviously be really hot. They played in the West coast Mm -hmm. conference uh, tournament championship game against BYU. BYU was up by 12 at the half. That's the biggest deficit from Gonzaga that we've seen all year. And they shot 76% from the field. Now, while that may be hard to do, I think it kind of reminds me of kind of like Duke in 2006 uh, when, uh, when they were in the elite eight, they played against LSU. This would have been JJ Reddick's only opportunity to go to the final four. But what happened is they ran up on an LSU team with big baby Davis, Tyrus Thomas, guys that were guys that were much more physical, much more aggressive. They were experienced, but most importantly, they were athletic and they were disciplined. And I think that that's something that could give Gonzaga some trouble because a guy like uh, a a guy like Jalen Suggs, their point guard, phenomenal Mm -hmm. freshman, but he doesn't know what it's like to be on this stage where it's one and done, you win or you go home. I don't love them from a turnover standpoint, and I don't think that they have necessarily the depth from a talent standpoint uh, to really afford to get anybody in the starting lineup and foul trouble and still be okay. Mm. Taylor, let me ask you about the home team, man. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Georgia Tech has made it into uh, the big dance. They won the ACC uh, pretty dramatic fashion, beating Florida State in the AC championship game. And obviously, they get the ninth seed but they get to play Lowell Chicago in that first game, and they got Sister Ryan with them and everything. Uh, what do you think takes chances of getting out of there on Friday when they play at four, uh, getting that, that, their first win in the dance? Is it, is it possible that they can get out of there with it? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell you what, you know, everybody's going to talk about, oh, Loyola, Chicago. Uh, that, that's my mid-major that I want to stay away from because you've seen them do this before. And I get right. that. That plays into their benefit, not as much as it does for a team like Georgia Tech. However, I'm not going to let the people be confused by the fact that this is not the Loyola Chicago team. Now, this is one that can beat Georgia Tech, make no mistake, but this is not the Final Four team either. I don't think that they're that good, even though they do return a couple players from that particular team that will be taking the floor against Georgia Tech. Now, as far as Georgia Tech, listen, I give them a shot for a few different reasons. Uh, The experience makes a huge difference for them. Uh, Josh Pastner has always preached and talked about over the course of the last few years getting old and staying old. Mm -hmm. If you look at college basketball this year, those have been some of the more successful teams in the game this year when you got Jose Alvarado out there at point guard who is inarguably the bit the 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 most listen <laughs> I'm not sure that there's a better leader in college basketball this year Michael mm-hmm. DeVoe is a silent killer I yeah. think the x factor here is uh is Jordan Usher personally by the way they do have an ACC player of the year True. on their team as yep. well so I mean listen True. It's still going to be a hard out. It's still going to be a really good game. I like to see Georgia Tech hopefully trying to advance on to the next round where maybe they get a chance in a, a nice little crack at number one seeded Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what what is the, what is the most interesting storyline that you've that if you had to pick a storyline that maybe that maybe other people don't know about? We all know about Gonzaga. We all know about you know locally. We know about you know the Tech made it now. Is there anything we don't know about that that is a you know interest really got your interest? You're going to be watching. I don't know. You know the, the the crazy part is when it comes to Alabama, since we're right here in SEC country, they play really well. I don't want people to get confused by a couple things. And let me explain to you why I say that. Some of these teams that have won their conference tournament and or their regular season championship. We saw uh, we saw Illinois win the conference tournament. We saw Alabama win the regular season and the conference tournament. Most mm-hmm. people only are going to go by because they haven't been watching all season. Right. They're going to go by that. They're going to mm-hmm. look and say, oh, they've had a good season. Oh, I remember. I just saw them last week and they were killing it. They won the championship. Let me put them down. No, this is 0-0. Zero, zero. Most of the times, that's Hmm. when those are the teams that end up busting your bracket. Alabama is playing against a 15 seed who has been here before and they're here regularly. The Iona Gales, listen, Richard, uh, Richard Patino, Rick Patino is is back. He's the uh, he's one of three in the history of coaches to uh, take his team uh, on to the NCAA tournament with five different institutions. You want to keep your eyes and your ears open for that one, because that's one that not a lot of people are really talking about or giving a lot of credit to Iona for. But listen, when you, it's all about when you're filling out that bracket, here's a I like to call this uh, shock, the free space on a takes take bingo card right here. When you, when you, when you want, when you want a successful bracket, right. you have to look at the veterans. You have to look at those, those 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 juniors and those seniors, those upperclassmen. It's all about the coaches. You've mm-hmm. got to be very well coached. The depth on the bench makes a huge, huge difference as well. Uh, and, and there's definitely a couple other things sprinkled in between here and there, but those are definitely some of the ones y'all want you to keep an eye open for when it comes to the coaching. Iona has that, and Rick Pitino, he's cut down nets multiple times before. No, about that. He's been right. there, done that, no doubt. All right. All right. You, you talked about those, someone. You got all those tips, DJ? I got them. I'm ready to go, man. I'm going to go. I'm, I, I have no problem. In. I have no problem not advancing Alabama in my bracket, hmm. although I probably, <laughs> would, I probably wouldn't have before that comment. Hey, see, Scotty, you gotta, you can't be emotional, bro. You gotta take the emotions <laughs> out of it, bro. You know what I'm saying? When you picked these teams, like I asked my man about take, you know, I mean, uh, about Georgia Tech, like I could be emotional about asking about Georgia Tech, but you know, I let it be. So you can't be emotional during this time, Scotty D. You gotta go with, like my man Tate said, it's the facts about what's going on on these teams. All right, Just the you, facts. you talked about some of those five and twelve matchups. Obviously, uh, you got Creighton, uh, who's uh, in that five seed. You got. Uh, Villanova taking on Winthrop. Uh, you also got Tennessee taking on Oregon State. And then you got Colorado and Georgetown. Out of those four matchups, where do you see the upset coming from? Because that, that's what everybody wants to know. Everybody thinks they know, all right, number one, two, three, all those seeds are maybe locked in. But there's always that one matchup that messes up everybody's bracket. Will it come from mm-hmm. that 5 and 12 or is it somewhere else for you that the upsets happen? I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of both. When you're looking at Villanova, who's without two starters, one of them for most of the year, Mm. uh, and and, uh, Brian Antoine, and then the other one being 
um, an, another one of uh, the, the, their point guard for their particular team, uh, Colin Gillespie, who just went down. I'm not sure if you could really do this without the guard. Again, add that to the list. This is a tournament that's really all about the guards. Very few cut them down if you don't have really good guards. They're without both of those guys, and they haven't looked particularly well when doing so. Winthrop has only lost one game all season, so they can be dangerous. But there's somebody I want to put to the front of that. And I'm not really sure, really, if you can consider this an upset. Uh-huh. Uh, but this is one This is one that would be Georgetown and Colorado. The Pac-12 typically doesn't fare very well anyways when uh-huh. it comes to March Madness. Georgetown, Patrick Ewing, are they – I mean, a 12 seed, that's crazy to me to an extent. I'm not saying that they're a great team by any stretch of the imagination and that Colorado can't win because they can. I won't be picking them on my bracket, but I think that this is a perfect opportunity for Patrick Ewing and the Georgetown Hoyas to move on and um, and, uh, and and to advance, especially look what happened with uh, look what happened with the head coach, former head coach and John Thompson passing this year. That's kind of a storyline to an extent. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure yeah. that you're following your storylines, but I got a better one for you, although it's not a 5-12. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, I get a little bit long-winded. My mama nah, would have told you Let me know. I want to know. My, I mean, the people don't. need this. They bring it. <laughs> my, my mama, Mama Tate didn't give you the warning on how much her son <laughs> loves to talk to the baby boy. But I like the four and thirteen. I like the four and thirteen matchup uh, in the West Region. Ohio, um, Ohio against Virginia. We already talked about Virginia showing up to the party quite late. If yeah. there's anybody now, let me tell you something, Shock. Let me tell you guys something. I'm not saying that this guy is Steph Curry. I'm not saying that this team is going to make a Davidson-type run. But okay. keep your eyes and your ears open for this kid on Ohio, the star guard named Jason Preston. Okay. The last time that a 13 seed went on in advance to the Sweet 16, it was also the Ohio the, the Ohio Bobcats. So mm-hmm. I don't know conspiracy, th- this and that. I don't really get into <laughs> too much. But if you want to talk about just on the floor – I think that this is a team that not only can, there's always one that sticks out like a sore thumb, sore thumb. As soon as this thing is released, that was my very first one. If I'm going to put money down on an upset and there's a couple of them that I like, that's the first one that I'm going for Ohio over um, Ohio over the technically the defending national champion, Virginia Cavaliers. Yeah, that's intriguing, man, because I remember watching the ACC championship and everybody's talking about Virginia and obviously Georgia Tech want to get a chance to play against them because, you know, they had to be out and, they're like, hey, this is the defending national champion. They are a really good ball club. But to see you talk about Ohio having a chance in this and going against Virginia, that's something I know a lot of people will absolutely pay a lot of attention to. Uh, you talked about Patrick Ewing, uh, obviously, in the Georgetown Hoyas. I want to talk about another team that's kind of taking off and everybody's saying, hey, Michigan can absolutely make a run in it. What Juwan Howard has done at Michigan, uh, I think, is pretty cool. Obviously, a guy who has done it, been there, played at the highest level. Now he has his team in the tournament with a number one seed, is Michigan legit? Do you think they have a chance to run it over here in this East region? Yeah, you got my basketball and my nutcracker hanging over my shoulder. Break, breaking <laughs> out in you. hives right now. You break, you, they're breaking out in hives. I man. thought we wouldn't be in the motion, take. I thought we would. I know you Michigan State <laughs> I know, through I know. and through. I know. I know. I, I know. I'm light-skinned, dude. I, hey, I'm light-skinned. We get emotional. Man, know about that. But, no, uh, no, let me say this. You ain't supposed to agree with that either, Sean. Uh, but let me I, say I know this. a lot of light-skinned dudes. I know how they is. So that's keeping it all the way up. Let me say this much. You got to be impressed with what Juwan Howard has been able to do, and not just what, what he's been able to do, but how he's been able to do it. He's doing what most people thought that either between the combination of Patrick Ewing and Penny Hardaway, what we thought that they were going to do. Yeah. And he's come in at, uh, at at his institution on where he once played and, and been doing this really well. Nobody really questioned who he would be from a recruiting standpoint, but more so from an X's and O's on a clipboard standpoint. And they've got the number one recruiting class in the country coming in next year as well. So he's very relatable. Now, in terms of what they can do, it's going to be a little bit tougher coming into the tournament than we than they probably thought it would be just because of Isaiah Livers, one of their best players, uh, is uh, is going to be uh, likely going to be out for the start of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Depending on how far they go, they might have a chance at bring him back a, a, a uh, Wake Forest transfer and Sean D. Brown is probably going to be the guy that's going to have to step up and bring a little bit more production and contribution to the team. They've got a really good point guard and a guy named Mike Smith, who is a transfer out of the Ivy League at Columbia, who is like outstanding, amazing. But he doesn't have the experience in the NCAA tournament either. You look at their freshman up front and Hunter Dickinson, who has been phenomenal 
I mean, I didn't even see this coming. I watch a ton of basketball. Uh, and you know what? He doesn't have the experience in March Madness either. So it's kind mm-hmm. of relatively new to some of these guys. When you start talking about can they do it? Absolutely. If Florida State is standing in their way, then I might end up taking the nose in that situation, depending on if Livers is back or not. But would it surprise me if they got all the way to the Final Four? Let me throw one more thing out there at you when you start talking about a team like Michigan. Mm. Michigan's been consistently and persistently knocking on this door of winning a national championship. They've gotten to the national championship game and lost in two of the last, what, probably like 10 years for sure, eight years, I believe. And so eventually what happens is you eventually end up knocking that door down, similar to what we saw Villanova do prior to 2016 when they won it. They kept going Sweet 16. They kept going Elite Eight, and then they finally pushed it down. This is Michigan's chance to do it. I'm not sure that they will because I think that they're in the toughest region of the NCAA tournament as a one seed. Yeah, see, that's what, that was the next question I had. You talked about that East being one of the toughest regions, and you look at uh, the ones in all these different regions, which team – on the other side of it, that's a one seed you think probably has the easiest route to get to the the national championship game. Well, uh, there's a little bit of an asterisk there. Number one, it is Gonzaga that has the easiest route. I think that Mm -hmm. it's deserving probably for them to have the easiest route. Right, Uh, right, right. And and that's understandable. That's overstandable, actually. But outside of that is probably Baylor. And the only reason I bring up an asterisk is simply because of the fact that after the second round game is when I like to think that that could be the easy road for them. But they got to get past either North Carolina or get past Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a team that on average, their starting five, believe it or not, is older than the average age of the Chicago Bulls. We're talking about a starting five of Wisconsin. A starting five, you heard it right. A starting five that all of the the starting five is either seniors or red shirt seniors. God forbid these guys have an opportunity after the NCAA gave a new rule this year to be able to come back for an extra year for crying out loud. So they do struggle to score where Carolina doesn't as much. They're, uh, North Carolina is a, a bigger team, obviously, but they're not as experienced. If they advance, that's more of the second-round matchup that probably intrigues me the most, seeing a Baylor versus a North Carolina team where Baylor has the experience, Carolina doesn't, Carolina has the size, Baylor doesn't. Uh, it's it's going to be intriguing for sure, but I like to think if Baylor can get to the Sweet 16, I don't even really have very many questions as to whether they can get to the Final Four or not. Man, all right, Tay, let me ask you, you, you talked about uh... – Jason Preston, a guy who maybe a lot of people don't know who he is and what he's about, and he can absolutely make a name for himself. We see this all the time mm-hmm. in March Madness where a guy comes from a team that maybe you haven't watched a lot, and you're like, what does the dude come from? And he's been balling all year, though. If there's a couple guys, I know you got a couple guys you've been watching throughout the whole year that maybe people don't know about to pay attention mm-hmm. to. Who are a couple of those guys that when you're watching the tournament say, okay, this guy from Texas Tech or wherever it may be, keep an eye on him. Um, everybody's going to talk about, you know, Ayo DeSumo from Illinois and and uh, and Kofi Coburn, who I'm not really in love with the way his last name is spelled. Uh, but I will say enough to say. <laughs> what you mean, bro? <laughs> well, if you need a little bit more emphasis, C-O-C-K-B-U-R-N. So it's pronounced Coburn, <laughs> but it's spelled Something totally different. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Regardless of that, (laughs) hopefully that didn't go over your head, but regardless of that, uh, Andre Curbelo, who is a point guard, the catalyst for this team for Illinois is a huge reason behind why I believe that uh, they are in the position that they are in, but nobody's hardly ever going to talk about that. Terrence Shannon uh, for for Texas Tech, who is a a six seed. Uh, I think that he's one of the guys everybody, again, everybody's going to talk about uh, 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 certain guys. Matt McClung is the guy for that team, but Terrence Shannon brings a lot of production and contribution to that team as well. Uh, Let me see if I can throw one more of them out there for you as I'm just kind of going through my Rolodex here. Oh, I got one for North Carolina. Dayron Sharp. Dayron. Big man. Dayron Sharp. A big man in the middle. He's close to seven feet tall. He's not a skinny kid. He's big. He got the girth. And he's very strong. And he plays with that aggression every single time. So if you ever see the team go out there, uh, North Carolina, and they're playing soft and they're hesitant and – they're getting out-rebounded and just really not looking like the North Carolina that you're used to seeing. And then Roy Williams has to call a timeout, 
yank guys up by the uniform <laughs> and cuss them out and tell them to go back out there and be more aggressive and be more physical. He's talking to everybody else. He's not talking to Dayron Sharp. Dayron yeah. Sharp is he gonna do what he's supposed to do, huh? He gonna do what he's supposed to do. I like him to start moving himself up in the conversation to potentially be a lottery pick in June's NBA draft. I love wow. it, man. I hope people uh, have broke down those names, especially if you're getting ready uh, to watch some of these games and you haven't heard some of these guys. Uh, two more things before I let you go, Tay, because I know uh, the phone is ringing off the hook. It's March Madness, so everybody. No, nah, you're good. You're good. Anything, uh, anything for my boy Shop. Uh, obviously, we talked about the high seats. Everybody wants to know about the ones and how good they've been. Uh, you gave us a little insight about Ohio seeing us a 13 seed. Who are maybe two or three other teams that are in this tournament that are could be possibly sleepers that maybe people are not sure of or say, well, I don't know, I've never seen them play. But name a couple of those teams that you that you like that you got on your bracket that could possibly be uh, some some bracket busters. All right, here we go. So I'm gonna take the 13 seed out of the Midwest, being Liberty. The last time that an NCAA tournament was played, they ended up winning a game and they got a couple players that are returning on that team from that team as well. Are they as good of a team as they were? Probably not, but they might be and they have the ability to show it. Oklahoma State being a team that everybody's talking about, the number likely number one pick in the draft being Cade Cunningham. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that there's a little bit more vulnerability for that team that ended up getting hot really late. So Liberty is one that you definitely want to keep your eyes open for. Another right. one is Kogan. The other one is Colgate. I'm not talking about toothpaste, but I'm talking about the team. <laughs> they are one that can put 100 points on you. I don't expect them to in this particular situation. They score a ton of points, and they can get after it. I think Arkansas as well is vulnerable. Mm -hmm. This isn't one of uh, th th this isn't one of the old Nolan Richardson Arkansas teams either. <laughs> They're still very well coached. But I think that there's some vulnerability. So take a look at Colgate, if you will. I'll give you one or two others because I've already given you Ohio from that side of the bracket. Let me give you another one. How about this? Check this out. So this is something I think I was actually afraid of happening. When you look at the East region, the three versus the 14, uh -huh. Texas just won their conference tournament. Now, right. going into before the brackets were even released, somebody asked me, if you don't have Michigan and they're out, if you don't have Gonzaga and they're out, and you don't have Baylor and they're out, the three teams that look the best consistently this year in college basketball, who would you take to cut down the nets? And I said that that team would be Texas. Mm. They have the guards, they have the wings, they, mm. they run a three guard, they have, they run a three guard set. So they have the experience as well. Athleticism. They've got a lottery pick and Greg Brown on their team. They've got the depth, a coach in Shaka Smart who's been there before on no this doubt. stage. Yeah. They've got the pieces all across the board. Ooh. The problem is that this other team called Abilene Christian, <laughs> that, by the way, is also located in Texas, yeah. has won me money all season long. <laughs> uh -oh. Hopefully, I don't have uh -oh. hopefully I don't have any hopefully I don't have any family members that are watching this thing. They'll be hitting <laughs> me up asking for no paper. But <laughs> I said before the brackets were released, Shock, I said, I I don't care who Abilene Christian is going to play in the tournament. When the brackets are released, I'm going to take them to get out of the first round. Now I'm in a crunch situation. You boys. Yeah, you said Because I feel so so if not nothing else, if not nothing else, Shock, I would say this. I, I don't know if you're a betting man or what, but for the listeners that are, uh -oh. put a couple dollars on Abilene Christian to cover the spread, if not win that game. Scotty D, you heard that. You know you heard that Abilene Christian making some noise. Oh man, that's that's interesting, man. Because I always think of one or two teams that you say, "Yeah, they're a high seed, but these boys can ball." And from mm -hmm. what you're talking, these dudes may have what it takes to get to that ultimate level. Um, obviously, when you're filling out your bracket and you have all this knowledge of all these teams, how in the world do you? Pick a team, first of all, but how do you fill out your bracket? Because you probably got a nugget on each one of these teams that you know, and you say, all right, well, like you just mentioned, my Abilene Christian going against Texas, I mean, that's a tough one. How do you personally fill out your bracket when you're filling it out, knowing so much about these teams that you know? Well, the first thing I do is I call Little Caesars. And I and, and, and I get me I I get me a, a large meat lovers with a little extra cheese on it. Cause you finna uh, go to and work. I go and I and I go in the kitchen and I pour up something dark. Yeah. To to, yeah. to, to have. Uh, hey, yeah. So I, I got to that good yak. Some of that good yak. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. The yak. 
but no, I um outside of that, listen, it's, it's, it's all about the guard play. It's all about the coaches. It's about the upperclassmen. Uh, it's about those things, the depth on the bench. And that weighs a lot for me. I don't really factor in too much about what some of these other teams have done earlier in the season and so forth, because none of that really matters. It's zero, zero at this point. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, you know, sometimes I look at, can I realistically see this team advancing and playing this team in the next round. And if I, with my own eyes, as much basketball as I've watched and understanding not only the storylines, but also the politics that are involved, mm -hmm. if I can't see that, I don't pick them. And I don't overanalyze situations. I typically go with Ooh, my gut feeling. That gotta be tough. It's super tough. It's super <laughs> tough. And, and that's hard to do because you want to Sometimes you can start reading into too many different things and then now you're going against your gut. Now you're back with your gut. Now you're going right. against it again right, and it becomes right. too much and it's not worth it, especially if you ain't got no money on this stuff. But mm -hmm. those are just some of the things that I do when I'm paying attention. A lot of times it's like, OK, I already know that I have, let's just say, um, uh, uh, um, as I'm looking at my bracket right now, uh, Creighton is a five seed in the uh, in the West. Uh, University of California, Santa Barbara is a 12 seed in the in, in the West. Regardless of who wins that, I already have Ohio advancing on because I believe that they're gonna. So now I'm looking at it like, which one can I realistically see with all the basketball information and intake that I've had all season long? Can I realistically see Creighton against Ohio or can I realistically see the Gauchos against Ohio sometimes? And again, that's not something you would know yeah. if you haven't really been watching or haven't yeah. been keeping up or paying attention. But right. that's just something that I per se, that's something I do. Bro, so, so, so which is Virginia, so which is it? You say Virginia <laughs> is going down in round one. That's what you just said. Absolutely. <sighs> that's the one that sticks out to me the most. Mm. And for those and for those who can't, this is the thing, though, Shot. For those of you who can't see that happening, let me just encourage you to put a couple dollars on the screen <laughs> for them to be able to cover. And yeah. that's the same thing when it comes to Abilene. That's the same thing when it comes to Colgate. And that's the same thing when it comes to, I said Abilene, Colgate, Ohio, and the last one being Liberty. Liberty, yeah. I'm, I'm confident in those teams being able to cover because more than likely they're going to be uh, plus double digits. Uh, if not somewhere around, you know, eight points. If it's anything north of six points, I'm in love with it. Oh, man. All right, bro. I'm going to ask you one more time. I'm going to get your last one. I'm not even going to ask you who's going to be in the National Championship game. I just want to know what is your final four? Because those two can go either way. People try to get your bracket and all that kind of stuff. It can go a bunch of different ways. But what is Tate's final four? Uh, I'm still putting that one together, oh. but as of today, as of today, well, listen, we still got another 24 hours or no so doubt. before we have to confirm all of this. So you're still uh, but, going back and forth right now. That was just saying you're still overanalyzing right now. And I'll, I'll tell you why I'm not overanalyzing, but I will tell you why this is my diet final four right here. <laughs> so I do have, <laughs> not that I need any dieting, uh, but I, I, I will say I, I'm going to take Gonzaga. I am confident I'm taking Baylor. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take I'm going to take a flyer on Houston on this one. Mm. I've been back and forth between Houston and uh, and, and, and West Virginia, but I think I'm going to go with Houston. They are probably yeah. that team that you don't expect to get there that probably will. Um, and then the other one is the one that I am having the hard time with. I just told you how I felt about Abilene Christian in Texas. Yeah. That's yeah. the difficult one. I'm yeah. still indecisive if I want to go Texas or if I want to go Florida State. I'm not going to go Michigan. Shocker, right? That's not going to surprise you, Shock. No no uh, but uh, – but between Florida State and Texas, I've been leaning back and forth. I don't know what day of the week it is. I think yesterday I told someone Texas. The day before that, I said Florida State. I'm still weighing my options for right now, honestly, because Texas tends to still pull a Texas move sometimes, especially in the tournament. Yeah. Florida State being another one of those teams, and I promise I'm going to wrap it up fast, but Florida State is another one of those teams that, guess what, had they, beat, had they beaten Georgia Tech, and the conference tournament, we will be talking about them being a team that we still believe can go. But because the last thing that we remember was That's a loss, just thinking. most lost people tech, are yeah. going. Most people are going to go against that. But it's still the same team. If nobody has done a better job, shock 
over the course of the last handful of years, not just in the ACC, but around the country of exceeding expectations. Mm -hmm. It's been Leonard Hamilton and Florida State. Nobody talks about it. He's putting guys in the league, but because it's not really attractive to some people, they're going to forget all about it. Talking about knocking on those doors. They've been to Sweet 16s. They've been to Elite Eights. But they haven't pushed the door down. This could be their year. And on your show, I'm going to tell you Florida State. So I'm going to go Florida State, Houston, Baylor, and Gonzaga. Ooh-wee. Okay, y'all heard it live and in living color. My man Deshaun Tate dropping some major knowledge today, man. Tate, we appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, I know this is busy times for my mm-hmm. duty all over the place. I done heard you in multiple spots and people had me on. So I appreciate you taking the time for us. And y'all make sure y'all follow my dude, man. Tate's take hoops. And if you read his his Twitter handle, it is as true as it gets. I asked him about the second <laughs> quarter, though. Multi-level basketball analyst and reporter is my dude, Deshaun Tate. And also a taco aficionado. My man love tacos, huh? Love them, dude. Love them. I can't wait. <laughs> it's like every day is Tuesday in my household. Do you, <laughs> taco do you mind? Do- there you go. It's Taco Thursday or th- Wednesday today. Do you mind it? Do- do you mind if I uh, plug the uh, plug plug the pod real quick? No, absolutely, yeah. man. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, tell me what they you, my brother. Y'all at, man. Appreciate you. Uh, we like to call it the best, the most informational, the most educational, and the most entertaining basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. It's called Tate's Take. Find it anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. Uh, make sure that you go and subscribe. We always tell people subscribe. Tell your friends. For tell sure. your enemies. Tell your mama, tell your grandmama, <laughs> tell your baby mama, tell everybody where you can go and find the pod. So don't save it for the local barbershops. Don't save it for the local sports bars. You always have a voice on my platform. It's called Tate's Take. And remember to follow along on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. We call it where basketball lives. Hey, man, we know we got a lot of hoop heads that listen to the show. I got buddies of mine who love listening to you, bro. So y'all make sure y'all go support my dude, man. Uh, He's doing great things, and we we show appreciate you here on the Triple Threat Podcast. Join us today. My man Deshaun Tate dropping major knowledge on us today, and we're going to see if some of those picks come true here in the next few, what, 48 hours, 24 hours before we get cranked up? 24. 24 hours. 24, yeah, we got you. Yeah, first four, we got open in the rounds. We got UCLA and Michigan State tomorrow, 9.57 p. Eastern hey, Standard y'all, Time. Do y'all, do y'all hear the excitement in my dog voice right now? <laughs> I'm ear exactly. to ear, bro. I can't Seven. help it. I'm he ear said to it's, ear. It's going I'm in down. my element. <laughs> hey, man, we appreciate you, bro, man. All love and uh, keep doing your thing, bro. We absolutely will pay attention to it. I know you're going to have some nice tweets coming out during the tournament and all that kind of stuff. So uh, appreciate the time, bro, and uh, much love to you, homie. Absolutely. Thank you guys for sharing this space and this platform and for having me on, man. Blessings, prosperity, and safety. Mask up. Awesome, man. This has been the Triple Threat Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us. Continue to subscribe. Continue to tell people like my man Deshaun Tate. Say, tell your enemies. Tell your baby mama. Tell everybody to listen to the Triple Threat Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week here on the Triple Threat Podcast with my guy Scotty D and our great guest, my dude, Deshaun Tate. I'm DJ Chocolate. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.